Today's show is brought to you by Airtable. Airtable is part spreadsheet, part database, and entirely flexible. Take maintaining an editorial calendar. You need to manage writers, editors, copy editors, social media people, and many others all on tight deadline. It is a headache and can get very confusing very quickly. With Airtable, however, you can get organized in your own way. That's why leading teams at places like BuzzFeed, Group9, and Time all use Airtable. It's flexible enough to adapt to your process, but powerful enough to keep everything on schedule. You could even use it to organize a podcast on your own. Visit Airtable.com slash Digiday today and get $50 in free credits. Hello and welcome to the Digiday Podcast. I'm Brian Marcy. On today's show, I talk to John Steinberg, the CEO of Cheddar. This is the third time I've had John on. Um, he's an old friend of Digiday. And it's now been two years since Cheddar's launch, believe it or not. In this episode, we discuss how he has an advertising-dependent business model, despite being on this very podcast a few years ago, claiming that he was not going to be selling ads. Um, John and I revisit that because we like to do that. Um, he also is going to talk about uh, the launch of the Cheddar Big News, uh, their second network, what it's like to partner with the various OTT platforms. And we also revisit some of his views on Facebook. One note, this podcast is now available for early access to our Digiday Plus subscribers. That's our subscription program. If you want to get a head start on our podcast every week, I hope you do. Uh, sign up for Digiday Plus. Just go to digiday.com. You will see the Digiday Plus tab in the menu. And every Monday, then, you can start your week with me and my guests. For more information, go to our site and sign up today. John, welcome back to the podcast. You join an illustrious group, I think with like Brian Goldberg as like a three-time guest. It's like the Saturday Night Live thing. What do they call the Saturday Night Live thing? The... Uh... Like, like the eight club when you've been when you've hosted eight times or something alec baldwin right we'll get up there we'll get up there but always like to have you back on you came on right when you were launching cheddar mm -hmm. and uh you came on last year almost about exactly a year ago and now here you are two years in um it's been a frenetic couple of years is it two years now it's two years so the company started January 2016 and then we went live April 11th 2016 so I always think of there as being two birthdays okay but it was only an hour, you know, in April of 2016. Okay, so knowing what you know now and what you told me back then, how different is how you're looking at the opportunity? Well, you know, as I was coming up here today, I thought to myself, you know, why do I um, inflict this upon myself, right? <laughs> and there's a certain amount of vanity, but the reason why I do it is that a bunch of people listen to this podcast and I hired a bunch of great people who like this podcast and okay. it was helpful in that. So, you know, Eric Harris, who was my partner at BuzzFeed, when he heard, I think, the one of the early podcasts we did together, that's when he said, you know, I really should come over and do this with John. Okay, this is the buttering up. No, this, this is the not podcast. the buttering up. Uh, things are going really well. You're going to find it very hard, I think, to give me a hard time about stuff. I'm sure you'll find something. But, um, okay. well, I mean, look, the big thing was I had to sell ads again. I mean, that really is, um, I didn't want to have to do it again. I didn't want to have to be in the advertising business again. Um, but now you're all in. Yeah, I mean, we're, 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 we're all in. We don't do small deals, right? We don't do 25 or 50 grand insertion orders. We have long-term clients that work with us for six to 12 months. But we're, yeah, I guess we're all in. Okay, but like, let's leave that aside. What has been different than you expected it to be? Because being an entrepreneur means you're going to change 
I think before we got on, you said strong opinions loosely held. Strong opinions loosely held, yeah. And, and that, is, that is a good strategy for, for starting something new. And I'm sure going into this, you knew things were going to change pretty quickly, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you were going to get carriage fees. That didn't yeah. happen. You went, you know, just pivoted and stuff like this. Yeah. What has been the most surprising change? Well, how fast the OTT bundles came together and how many there were. So when we sat here in 2016, there was Sling. There was no Philo. There was no YouTube TV. There was no DirecTV now. Hulu did not have live television. Um, and I'm probably forgetting a couple of them. Um, Comcast didn't have an over-the-top offering. And um, in the time, in the two years, there's now like 5 million OTT subs, probably end the year 10 to 15 million. And the only platform that we knew we wanted to be on when we started the company was Sling because Sling was the only one that was out there. So I think that we got very lucky that so many of these Mm-hmm. came to be. And has that dictated your sort of, you, you've been, I would describe it as like distribution everywhere approach. I, I made a joke on, on Twitter about like, you know, waiting for the cheddar press release about being on gas station pumps. And you immediately were like, I don't know why we hadn't thought of it, to be honest. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we did the airport Well, the airport one is amazing. I mean, yeah, the pumps we want to do, we, the strategy of distribution is this, we make three hours a day available for free on a scattered basis to get either of the networks full eight hours, you need to be a paid subscriber. We do that to preserve value for the distribution partners so that they will want to have us on their systems. But we're, we're, we're distribution hungry to get the free product out there, which serves as marketing, and to get into every one of these skinny bundles. And, and you know, as of last, I mean, this was a big couple weeks for us. We got on YouTube TV last week in the base bundle. We announced Hulu last week, but Hulu Live only went live on Thursday, yesterday. So... It's been it's been a good two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so who's paying you? Who's paying us sub fees? No one is paying us sub fees. Okay, so yeah. it's all advertising. It's all advertising. We we make a little bit of money from selling some content, but you know ninety ninety five percent is advertising, and that was a very quick decision I made, which was I wanted us on the systems next to CNN, next to CNBC. I wanted to be base bundle, most widely distributed in these paid packages. And the way to do that was no sub fee. But I keep 100% of the branded content revenue, mm-hmm. and I get a percentage of the standard ad inventory as well. So it's very low risk for these distribution partners to add cheddar. I think they think of it, and I think to some extent, rightfully so, that it's it's sort of, there's a fair amount of risk. I mean, you put something next to CNN in a paid package that people are paying you know, 29 to $80 a month for, it has to be professional and good and there's got to be enough of it you know this is the thing everybody now wants to cheddarize themselves right everyone's pitching every vc Mm -hmm. saying well we're going to do what cheddar did all right well good luck to you i mean how many hours live are you doing a day we're doing eight hours live on two different networks with 50 to 60 guests a day and we have four control rooms now it's not that easy it's a lot of content okay so right now all advertising yes and when does that change you know i have a pie in the sky vision of of how that could change. I mean, you know, it's probably fairly pie in the sky right now. I've grown an advertising business to north of 100 million. We can do that again here. I think we have a great business if we just execute on the ad thing. And I think we have a spectacular business if as the broadband companies exit video, they decide that they want to package news content with broadband and then allow people to go get Amazon or Netflix or Hulu on their own. That's my my hopeful scenario. Okay, so Cheddar is everywhere. Give me Give me evidence that you're building a brand and that you have a loyal audience. You know, this is, you know, this is the thing that everybody wants to pick on me about, which is because, like, because the measurability is difficult for me, 
because I don't run Nielsen. Everybody wants to give me a hard time about it. Look, we have, if you if you look at the CrowdTangle data on Facebook, let's take Facebook, for example. Anyone here can go pull up CrowdTangle. You take anyone in the business news category. We do hundreds of millions of views a month with an engagement race on Facebook. That is, I think, 10 or 15 times anybody else in the category. That's one data point for you. We use Cogent MSI, which is the same measurement firm, okay, that CNBC uses, that calls 4,000 people randomly selected every six weeks and asks them to rank of their preference of Cheddar, CNBC, Bloomberg, Fox Business, of those who have viewed Cheddar. In all the age categories below, I think 44 years old, we rank number one. So I think there's, I think there's evidence we built a brand. I, I think people love the content. The guests come on. It gets picked up in outlets all over the place. Um, you know, I, I think for a two-year-old toddler, I mean, we built a cable network that people know and recognize. Mm-hmm. So how much of that is, is weird product videos? The Facebook stuff is overwhelmingly the product right. video stuff. Yeah, so but that's the only thing. But that's everyone the, pivots these weird. But that's the videos. only. I just shared one the other but day. But that's the only thing that works on Facebook. So you know, it's a bit like we put comics in the comic section, right? We don't. We don't put that on Twitter. Uh, we don't put that on Sling. We don't put that on YouTube. We don't put that on Philo. Look, it's it's Facebook's problem that Facebook made a very square box that only one type of content fits in. That's marketing. So I view Facebook as marketing, and the only kind of commercials that work on Facebook are gadget videos. Uh. Back in 2017, you had uh, this to say about Facebook. Facebook, I struggle with. You're dealing with an algorithm that is so wild and unpredictable. I try not to get obsessed by it. I know it's not real. I try to get on other platforms that are more real and sensible. When I see things going wild on Facebook, it's a woman getting a tattoo or something exploding or a counter where people are voting on it. Our live interview with Senator Bob Casey doesn't perform as well as that nonsense. It's hard to get worked up about it. Yeah, I, I think that... So now you've pivoted to the No, no, tattoos. no, no, we have not, Brian, not at all. And to be honest, even in 2016, we were doing some of that stuff. I view it as marketing. And to be honest, here's the ultimate statement of my conviction. When Facebook Live had a ton of oxygen on it, okay, we had a discussion at the board where people said, John, do you really want to restrict the amount of content that's free? You should make everything free and just get as big on Facebook as possible. And I said, no, they're going to turn off the oxygen like they always turn off the oxygen. And we need to do carriage deals with the best people in the space, all the top OTT platforms. And to do that, we need to hold back the lion's share of the live content. We can't put it out there for free because we won't get on Sling and we won't get on YouTube TV if we do that. So I made that choice even mm-hmm. when the Facebook Live traffic was good because so, I knew it was getting turned off. So I remember talking to you about platforms and you used um, the term disequilibrium. You want to keep, you want to play the platforms against each other in some ways. Now that you're in a different platform space in OTT, yeah. like how distributed is that? Like are, are you trying not to be dependent on like a YouTube or, or one of the other we, So what's kind of interesting is the product that's Cheddar or Cheddar Big News, the two networks, need to be consistent on every skinny bundle, right? On, on every bundle, just as the CNN that you get on Time Warner Cable needs to be the same CNN that you get on Comcast. So we keep the product the same. I want the whole category to win. Just like people who built cable networks in you know the 80s and 90s wanted all of the cable systems to survive there's 80 to 90 million cable households i want those all to go to zero and i want everybody in the united states to have hulu or youtube tv or philo or one of these systems and or sling 
And we're going we're gonna to be in the prime real estate on every one of those. We're going to be right, we are, we're right next to CNN, we're right next to CNBC. If that category wins, we're going to be great. Do you think you're yet at the uh, same quality level as uh, CNN, CNBC? Do I think that my company with 130 employees that uh, has burned a total of $5 million and has $3 million in CapEx is of the same quality of multi-billion dollar conglomerate owned mm-hmm. Uh, networks. Yes. Uh, no, I don't think it is. But you know what? I don't charge a distributor or anything. So their product has to be infinitely better than mine. My product is younger, better, faster, and cooler than all their products. But as a consumer, I'm just saying, you know, what do I want to watch right now? We had on an interview with Anthony Scaramucci. Uh, we had a senator on yesterday. We had the cast of Super Troopers. We had the CRO of Cloudflare. I mean, I don't know. You tell me. I, I, I think it serves the need, man. We'll be right back after a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's sponsor is Airtable, the all-in-one collaboration platform. Teamwork has never been more important, and that's hard to pull off an environment like today's where everything is constantly changing. Enter Airtable. This is a tool that can fit your process, but it's also powerful enough that it keeps everyone on the same page. Time, for instance, uses Airtable to manage its entire creative process, from the original idea to the creation of the content to actually getting it out the door. Airtable empowers you to do your work your way. Try it today. Visit Airtable.com slash Digiday to receive $50 in free credits. Thank you, Airtable. Now back to the episode. Look, we saw this like in text. Like I think like Business Insider is a great example yeah. of... Early on, Business Insider got a lot of knocks on on aggregation and various other sort of things. I would broadly say under under quality, they, they made like a pivot. They got a ton of distribution, um, and they made a pivot in which they laid on some really you know high end like reporting and stuff like this. And I think you're in that sort of. No, I don't think. What's funny is the thing that everybody gives me a hard time about is is my two year old startup infinitely big. And no number of views and no size is big enough. Most people actually think the quality is really strong and the caliber of guests is pretty incredible. I, the, the only, when, when haters go after me, it's only that I don't have enough views. That, that's, people uniformly seem but is to that recognize, fair? people seem to uniformly recognize that the content quality and the distribution is there. Is that fair? I think, I think the fact that we have hundreds of millions and higher engagement in the stuff that works on Facebook and we have hundreds of thousands of live viewers Every hour, go mm-hmm. look on Facebook, go look on Twitter. I can't give you the sling and the other bundle numbers. I think that's amazing, especially in a category where CNBC's average minute audience is twenty or 30,000 people. We built a cable net. We actually built two cable networks in two years. Can you imagine where it's going to be in four years? I mean, give me a little time here. When Oprah launched her <laughs> cable network, it took years for it to get distribution. The fact that we have any viewership now is amazing. Okay. So you expanded with Cheddar Big News Yes. Explain that. The idea was that I view our competitors as NBC Universal with MSNBC and CNBC and Fox with Fox News and Fox Business. And I wanted to be able to offer to the bundles and the new bundles to come a full news suite solution, a business news network and a headline news network. I also felt there was... And, a- and let me just jump in there. So the idea is every single one of these bundles is going to need a base layer and it's going to need business news and it's going to need basically headline news. Well, or that's what is expected from, from any one who wants to fill the need for news. Now, and you're going to undercut on price the other ones because you're not charging. And I'm going to youthen. Remember, our average viewers youthen. our average viewers are in their 20s and 30s. Our anchors are in their 20s and 30s. And the topic mix 
is focused on that stuff. We don't do old mutual fund managers. We don't do people talking about gold, right? Like we don't do that. So we're designing a product for a younger audience. And also, if a broadband company decides tomorrow that they want to offer for, say, $40 a month broadband and they want to include news in it, the incumbent news companies can't do that because if they offered a low rate to be included in something like that, it would mess up all the rest of their deals. All the rest of their deals have what are called MFNs, Mm -hmm. so they would all have to drop price. We can supply business news and headline news to anybody that we want to at any price that we choose. And given that our starting point is zero, right, we got a lot of flexibility. Okay, so the idea is you're going to to undercut like... I mean, you'll be cheaper, right? And the quality will be high enough. That- I think that we're Google Apps to people's Microsoft Office. That, that's what I think. You know, right now it's a toy. It's silly, blah, blah, blah. People, you know, Chris Dixon has this quote, every big thing starts out looking like a toy. When Gmail came out or the iPhone came out, everybody said, okay, this is a toy. It's not going to fill the need. It gets better and better and better. I think that we will be cheaper and our product will be better designed and more um, interesting and exciting to people in their 20s and 30s. Look at the anchors on the incumbent networks. You'd be mm-hmm. hard-pressed to find someone under 50 years old. That is. They are, they, are, they are older, but a lot of older people do watch TV, and I guess you're, you're going for a different, different thing now. Yeah. So you, you closed, a, what, a $22 million round in yeah. May? Yeah, yeah. D round. So how much have you raised now? We've raised $50 million. $50 million. Yeah, ask me how much is in the bank. Uh, how much is in the bank? 45 between cash and accounts receivable, and we have $3 million of you capital You built all equipment. those studios. $3 million was all the studios and all the controls and everything. $3 million in CapEx undepreciated. So we burned very little capital. That's the other thing is that like this other myth that I'm losing a lot of money. We, we've had months in Q4 where we were profitable. Mm-hmm. Cost about $2 million a month to run the business. We, we do that much in revenue most months at this point. It's funny. I was at a dinner at our, um, our publishing summit. There was a bunch of publishing executives there. And after a few glasses of wine, yeah. I brought up cheddar because it's a divisive topic. Well, so is Vice. Uh, that is true. Beca- and so and, is BuzzFeed. And you know what? And, and there was, there's basically two camps. There's the one is John's going to figure it out. He's, go- he's, he's a winner. This is going to be a winner. And then two is this could, this could flame out because uh, there's no way that they're not losing a lot of money. We're not losing a lot of money. I mean, that's, that's just factually incorrect. That's factually incorrect. Okay. I mean, just- I, I mean, look, it's conceivable here that we're hemorrhaging money and I'm just lying to you, right? <laughs> That's um, but, you know, it's just, it's just not a fact. <laughs> so right now... Also, we have 130 employees. We don't have 500 employees, okay? That's yeah. another thing, right? The real estate is fairly cheap. We're down in Wall Street where no one wants to be, right? So my, my real estate doesn't cost a lot. It's headcount. And the capital equipment is all PC-based technology. It's a fraction of the cost of what it used to be. So when people say... Also, the other thing is, we're not paying for any carriage. We don't pay for any carriage. The airport TVs, we don't pay for the airport TVs. I'll never write a check for carriage. So that's another myth, okay? There's all these myths. What are some others? I think we've covered a lot of the myths. <laughs> Sahil, our very own Sahil Patel, um, reported that you you did $11 million in advertising revenue. Well, I told year. him that. That's how he reported it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just making sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's accurate. That's accurate. Okay. How about this year? So we've already booked 19 or 20 million for this year. I told the board we do 22. I like to keep my forecast very low. That's smart. Th- that's contracts because most of our deals are six to 12 months. 
And, you know, conceivably, you know, some of them have some cancellation rights, but we're, we're going to have a great year this year. We're going to come in mid-20s probably. Okay. Yeah. So you're not, you're not going to be burning through that much money this year. So why did you raise the 22? Because I wanted Liberty Global. I wanted Liberty Global as an investor. I wanted Antenna as an investor. I wanted European investors. They were excited about the business. They wanted to come in. And my view is that you really don't decide when you raise capital. I think that's a myth that a lot of entrepreneurs make. When people want to give you money, that is when you have the option of taking money. And it's the dilution is yours and the existing investors to bear. But this idea that like you're going to go out and raise money, like I've never heard of anybody walking into a conference room to a bunch of VCs and having that go well. So when people are excited, I, I take the investment most of the time. Mm -hmm. And I also try to run the business like my household, which is, you know, we have a lot of financial experts on Cheddar that say that you should have like, you know, six months of, of savings in case something goes wrong in your career or your life. And I've always been like, no, I think you should have like six years, years, right? You should have years. <laughs> um, so I like looking at that large cash balance when I'm involved with businesses where I see people have, but like, they're giving advice to younger people without as, as, as many um, kids, kids. Yeah, maybe. I like a large cash balance. Also, when you look at all the best companies in the world, so if you know Apple or Amazon have how many billions of dollars in the bank, Cheddar should have 40-some-odd million dollars in the bank. Mm -hmm. what, what do you make of what's going on right now in the overall digital media uh, world? There's been a lot of fluctuations, uh, some flameouts, um, probably some shakeouts due to uh, overdependence on Facebook. A lot of people blaming Facebook and Google. Yeah, I mean, well, which which question do you want me to answer first? Flameouts. I think that if you entered, if you enter anything too late, it's too crowded. The thing with with my bet, right, is no one is doing what I'm doing. Okay, I think we can. Will you at least agree on that with me? No one is doing what, what I'm doing now. Doing. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, that's fair. So at least I have the whole playing field to myself to either have a good bet or a bad bet. Right. The problem is. When people go in too late and try to do other people's playbooks, um, you know, it's, th that's when it's a little bit too crowded, right? So you had enormous advertising pressure from um, Facebook and Google, and then everybody trying to enter native advertising um, that we were we got going at BuzzFeed, you know, what is it, seven, eight years before everybody else at this point. So, you know, that didn't make for a great formula. The other thing is, you know, with Facebook is it's just not real whatever traffic they send you, it's just not real. And, you know, I try but to... But a lot of your views that you're But I don't brag about, about it, but, right? I, but, I, don't, but I, only, I only push on it when forced. It's not what the headline that I lead with. I don't go out there bragging that I've got a billion Facebook views or whatever, because if you've got a billion, you need to get two billion. Here's my bet, Brian. So if, if but, it was up to you would, you, would you do the weird product videos? I would. I would do the weird product videos because I do think it serves as marketing for the okay. brand. I do think, and it's very cheap, and, it, and people like them, and I don't, I don't have a problem having a dessert menu. Like, I think that, and we actually reuse that content um, as interstitials in the um, in the show. Look, here's the bet. If skinny bundles, over-the-top skinny bundles in the United States work, okay, Cheddar will be there with a great editorial product, great technology for delivering it, and we will win. We will have unbelievably valuable real estate in a whole next generation of content consumption systems. If people reject OTT television systems, if, if the entire space of all of those players ends up being a zero, our business is a zero. But I'm betting on the overall value of the real estate in that part of the city okay so it's more of 
it's more of a portfolio you're betting on than like one single stock. Because a lot of publishers bet on one single well, stock, right. which was Facebook. Right, or it's like betting on social or betting on SEO. And what's interesting in this space is unlike social where Facebook is absolutely dominant, in the OTT bundle space, you've got a, a bunch of, of people that are doing, um, have competitive dynamics and are all performing relatively the same. And most of them are at mid six digits, 500,000, 700,000. You got Sling with 2 million. It seems like YouTube's got a lot of wind at its back. Hulu are the VOD content we're doing with Hulu. The two daily news briefings will be available to the 17 million subscribers that have Hulu. Will be on their live TV system, which has hundreds of thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that the now here are the risks of the business. The risk of the business is: Does anyone get these systems, these packages? I believe they will. Is our content good enough that when put next to CNN, people that are more interested in our brand of news will watch it? I believe they will, but you could argue: Well, John, your mm-hmm. content isn't good, so it won't work. I don't agree with that. And then, will we find a viable revenue model in that new world? And I think we've got a good one now, and we could possibly have a great one. What makes what what goes from good to great? What goes from good to great is that we get out of the advertising only business, which is a painful business to be in. Okay, so eventually you have to be getting direct payments from these. We don't have to. It just means that we have a smaller business, a smaller valuable business. Yeah. If we don't, right? You were on this podcast saying that nobody is building a billion dollar ad business. I think that's right. Look, the other thing is it's not binary. Our last valuation, we raised, our last post-money valuation is $160 million. We have $40 million in the bank, right? Is Cheddar worth $160 million? Absolutely. I think it's a steal at $160 million, right? What we've built, the technology, the distribution, the quality of content, the systems for delivering mm-hmm. it, the lower third graph, all that. Now, the problem becomes this, is what if we... And you know, and Elon Musk has talked about this kind of stuff too. What if we? What if the value of the company gets ahead of the revenue that we need to justify that? That's when you get topsy turvy, and that's when you get into problems. Right. A quick break to remind you about the early access to the Digiday podcast that is available to you via Digiday Plus. That is our subscription program. If you join Digiday Plus, and I hope you will, you will get Digiday Magazine. We are just finishing a new issue now uh, for the summer. Invites to our exclusive member events, a steady stream of valuable research, briefings on uh, important conversations happening at our many summits around the world, and much more. It is only $395 a year, and it is very worth it. Sign up now. Visit digiday.com, and you will see the Digiday Plus tab in the menu bar. At what point does would Cheddar need like to be part of a larger company, or does it not need to be well, part of a larger so company? Well, so here is the other thing, which I'm going to give you a candid answer on, okay? There's no such thing as an independent media company. There's no such thing, okay? Time Warner is selling to AT&T. Discovery merged with Scripps, right? Um, you know, Disney is now buying Fox because Fox is subscale. Look at what Liberty has done with the combining stars combined with Lionsgate, Right? There are many permutations of what will happen. We could turn around, uh, look at BAM, look at what happened with MLB BAM, right? Mm -hmm. We could turn around three years from now and say, oh my God, our systems for delivering this and the infrastructure for delivering live networks, that's really a separate company. We should take that out and we should combine that with X, right? The news networks, now that the world has changed so much, um, you know, uh, Fox has this OTT thing and these things really belong together. Media companies permeate and, and unpermeate. They come together, they split apart, they recombine. That's what that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And and you, I mean, we're in like a period where they're recombining. 
Yeah, and, and we're and but it's always so. Eventually, been, it, you need to be part of a much larger. No, company. I, but but I don't. But I really don't think it's that cut and dry. And look, to be honest with you, I want to run it. Like I got a lot of energy. I got a lot of roadmap ahead of me. This Amazon show that You're we did today. You're not going to be an SVP well, anytime no, soon. No, but this Amazon show we did today, I really wanted to do it. Everybody on my team thought it was going to be a lot of work. They didn't want to do it. I said, we're doing it, right? Like, I want to be able to execute on my instincts. I don't want to be told no. And are there, you know, you know, I'm the largest shareholder in Cheddar right now. Mm-hmm. If you came to me tomorrow morning and said, um, you know, I, I don't want to pick a specific one because then I'll have a problem. But let's say you know, uh, company X had an amazing live streaming network and I thought they were the best at doing, you know, uh, you know, HGTV type content, right? John, are you willing to give up a third to recombine? Do you think it's accretive? If you give up 30% of your stake in cheddar by, through dilution, do you think your stock is worth more if you take this in and you can run it? I, I would probably want to do that. Mm-hmm. So, so the, I think we're more, um, I think we're going to be the operator. We could have we could end up taking in assets that are much more valuable than us, that have much more cash flow, which requires us to be a minority shareholder in that. But we got a team of 130 people that have accomplished this. No matter how many you know sticks and stones people want to throw at me about various things, it's incredible what 130 people have accomplished. 16 hours a day of live content. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do. I mean, I mean, look, you're you're as tough as they could be. You got to admit, it's impressive. It is impressive. It's only been a couple of years, um, and you're you're everywhere. I mean, that I think the impressive part, and I think that that people sort of maybe kiddingly, maybe not kiddingly, yeah. like it's just like every day, like Cheddar is found somewhere else to like. But who distribute would? Itself. But but that. But the but, so but, is, but, but is it like a land grab? Is but what that. I mean. But Brian. But that's the beauty of having live content that can go onto screens anywhere I put it, it's marketing. So take the airport thing. Remember when, when, when Mike Lazaro went and bought airport ads for oh, Buddy yeah. Media? You remember that? Remember when Snapchat bought airport bins for that? I just put my content everywhere and that's advertising. I saw you tweet a photo of uh, yourself in, in an airport. I mean, I walk through airports now and, and I was just flying to DC yesterday for, uh, for an event that we did for the White House Correspondence thing. It's just on the TVs there. There are people at the bar in LaGuardia Looking up at that mm-hmm. now, you know. Does that turn into money? No, I don't think it turns into money, but it turns into viewership. I think it's why do TV shows advertise on other networks? I believe that it turns into viewership on these bundles. Mm-hmm. I think that when someone sees it, Cheddar gets added to YouTube TV or Hulu, or as they're scrolling through the dial, they see it. I think a certain percentage of people will say, "Hey, you know what? I kind of remember seeing in the airport." You know that you know they were interviewing the, the cast of Super Troopers, which, by the way, we had the cast of Super Troopers on yesterday, right? So. You basically have said that like you can't stay advertising only. It is this is for most the dream of being ad only like over. It never was a thing. If you read the the book about ESPN, those guys have all the fun, which is a spectacular book. It's basically a history of how ESPN yeah. got started. They recognized in 1980 something that you needed the dual revenue stream to be a giant business. Right. I'm just saying like in a lot of digital media businesses that were born out of text, a lot of them were are and still are overwhelmingly ad businesses. Yeah. And that's why we're seeing people scramble. But it's just not that binary. I mean, you just need to operate them to profitability and you can, you can get most of these things profitable. Um, it's just probably not as big as a dual revenue stream business. Now, you know, the New York Times, I think you've had Meredith on, right? Yep. I can't. I don't want to misquote her, but I think they've more or less said now that it's more about the subscriptions, the digital subscriptions, yeah. but the digital advertising. Um, yeah, I think they're in a good position. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I just wonder how many are going to be able to to pull it off. You look know? at you know, look at Barstool, right? With that rough and rowdy um, boxing thing that they now charge <laughs> subscriptions for the boxing thing. Yeah, that's a good move. It is. Um, but I wonder if a lot will be able to look. There's a big middle, and I don't know how many people are going to be able to make that leap over to because there's just going to be too many subscriptions out there. Yeah, but that's I mean, you're certain. seeing that in the. Yeah. I, what I wonder about the OTT space is like, okay, fine. Cable, you know, a lot of people got rid of cable. I got rid of cable like eight years ago. Yeah. And, and then you start adding it up and every single new service that you're, that you're paying for, it, it, it starts to add up to, you're like, oh my God, give me the bundle yeah, back I, I, again. I know, Brian, I've heard this before. Um, you know, remember uh, Tucker, a man in his dream about the car company? And the, I do. Okay. That was a good movie. You're going back movie. to the 80s. Bill Paxton, right? Bill Paxton? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, there was... There was how many car companies were there in the United States? There was a lot, right? You go through periods of bloom and then consolidation. I I think that most people will have, they'll get broadband, they're going to get Netflix and Amazon, maybe Hulu, right? And then they'll have some permutation of a live package, a package that is news, sports, HGTV type content. And there will be a lot of losers in that and there will be a few winners. And that's my point. That's why I want to be in all of these um, OTT bundles because I think one or more of them is going to win. The only one that we're not in right now is Netflix. Okay. Well, they don't have live programming. They don't have live programming and um, they they claim to not have an interest in, um, you know, daily news type shows, right? They bought the BuzzFeed show. That's more of a mini doc type thing, but they, they, they've not had an appetite thus far for um, here's what happened today. My gut is they'll do it because Netflix always says they won't do something before they do something. Remember, they weren't going to do right. downloadable watching and they eventually will go into it and we'll be ready. Okay, so explain the international expansion plans. That I think that our content can be sold internationally with minimal work and I want to take advantage of that. And when you go to, and we own all of our IP. This is one of my favorite things that like David Zaslav and John Malone always say, which is there are people that license content that have limited rights to it. And there are people like us. Every minute of that eight hours I create every day, we own. I can do whatever I want with it, which means that I can do two hours of local language followed by cutting in the national feed. When you put on CNN International in a hotel room throughout the world, you just get like this repackaging of the same content in English, regardless of what country that you're in. And I think that we can just cash checks doing it. That's what Vice did. That is true. Um, So what are your big goals for the end of the year? Give me like five. You know, I really want to, we've come through a period where there was, I was so eager to get these new systems launched and there was a lot of technical work, rigor, to make sure that we could deliver and, and do that. We just launched the second network where I really want to continue to improve the quality and work on the structuring and form out of that. I want to put our ad business into a great position as early as possible in late 18 for 19. Um, we're going to launch the Snap Discover thing first week of May. I want to make sure that that's great. Um, and, you know, that's sort of about it. You know, we go through periods where we're of like surge and then what I call stabilization, where mm-hmm. we, we do a lot of stuff and then we make sure it's really smooth. And we're in a period now where I just want to kind of steady things out, make sure everything we're doing now is the right stuff that we're doing or we're doing it well. Okay. Well, you got to close that gas pump deal too. 
I, you know, I know everyone thinks. If anything is Brian, that everyone thinks I'm kidding about that. When you wrote no, that to I me, don't. I like, actually don't. And I did email Dan the, the screenshot that I sent I know you. you said. And you know, the guy on Twitter, we are talking to that pump top guy. And um, but why <laughs> would I want? Yeah, on LinkedIn. I'm great. It is everyone won out of that. Out of that everybody tweet. won out of that tweet. Um, so final thing is, what do you what do you like most about being a CEO and, and like least? You know, I'm a very worried guy. I'm a very worried guy. Okay. And you look very relaxed. No, you know, but I mean, look, I have a certain comfort of you. I've been doing this for six or seven years with you at this point. Um, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I love my dad. I'm very close with my dad. I think I've told you this before, but he was a very strict parent growing up. We, we had a lot of rules, right? And I really don't like rules and I really don't like, and you know, not ethical rules. Obviously I, I believe it, but I mean, just, I don't like being told no. I don't like being told I can't do this or I can't do that. I don't like worrying about whether my actions will make my boss like me more or less. So there is a certain freedom that if I want to do a pump top TV deal, I can just go and do it. And that allows me to be as creative as I can be. So that's what I like the most. You like being the boss. Well, you know, I don't really like, I, I don't take great joy in bossing people around or managing them, but I take enormous joy in the freedom mm -hmm. to do, okay? I don't actually like managing people that much. In fact, Eric Harris and Peter do the vast majority. I have very few direct reports. Um, and Melissa, Melissa's direct report too. Um, what I like least is um, there's always a problem. You know, there's always a problem. And it's like when I, you know, when I wake up in the morning, there's some horrible email on my phone, you know? But don't you have to embrace that? Because that's, that's never going to stop. But I'm very thin-skinned and I'm very emotional. And, you know, and every comment that every hater makes upsets me and hurts my feelings. No. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. You know, my mom always tells me this, too, that my third grade teacher wrote, Jonathan wears his heart on his sleeve. I, I absolutely do. Look, when you tweet out some salacious thing from this interview with an <laughs> image of me, right, it's going to really upset me and bother me. And I'm going to realize that if I engage with you, it's only going to make it worse. And then now I'm going to be left with this, and that's going to ruin my, like, Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> okay. All right, John. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to my desk and think about which salacious detail I can uh, tweet out yeah. about this. I'm, I, you're never at a loss. Thank you, Brian. As thank always. you so much for coming. Thank in. you, Aditi. And thank you all for listening. This podcast is produced by Aditi Sangal. If you liked our show, please subscribe. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and now also on Spotify and Anchor.fm. And while you're there, please do rate us and leave a review. We always like to see those, and it helps people discover the podcast. And thanks again. We'll be back next week with a new episode.